0: Hey guys, the most crucial time on the e-commerce calendar is just around the corner. You can make or break your business on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Do it right and you can double your sales. Do it wrong and your competition can get ahead. Today we've got Arjun Shukla, the CEO of Megaphone USA. Arjun has run dozens and dozens of campaigns for all kinds of clients over this period. So in this episode, we dive right into the meat of it. I ask him what are the do's and what are the don'ts of Black Friday and Cyber Monday and I ask him how we can keep customers coming back once those sales come to an end. So if you're serious about capitalising on what is the biggest shopping period of the year, this is the episode for you, let's jump into it. Welcome to Minds, the podcast that unlocks the secrets needed to scale your business from seven figures per year to seven figures per month and beyond. On the show, we pick the brains of leading business owners, marketing geniuses, growth experts, and serial entrepreneurs tapping into their minds to uncover the true formula for e-commerce success. The podcast is created by Megaphone, Australia's award-winning experts in digital marketing. Now enjoy the episode and don't forget to subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of Minds. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Arjun. Arjun is the CEO of Megaphone USA, and he is an absolute wizard when it comes to all things marketing, e-commerce, and the agency space. So, Jun, thanks for joining us today.
1: You're more than welcome, Evan. It's great to be here.
0: Cool. So, I thought today we would do a little bit of a deep dive into something that is a pivotal moments on the e-commerce calendar, and that is Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It, it's not unrealistic to say that some businesses can achieve over 50% of their revenue over the course of this now four to five day period. It started as one day, but they've slowly added different kinds of days. Um, alas, Black Friday and Cyber Monday isn't just two days. It's it's months of work. It's months of research and planning. And having gone through it, With a number of clients. Megaphone USA currently has about 40. I would love to hear your insights about what has worked, what has not worked, and what you're looking to improve on coming into Black Friday, Cyber Monday 2021. But before we jump into that, I'd love to get your thoughts on the general landscape of digital marketing at the moment. Are you seeing any major trends? What's changing? Where is your focus lying? And just tell me um, how you're sort of viewing everything at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, first of all, I think uh, the thing with marketing perspectives is that everyone's got one. Um, so I can really only make a judgment from the data that I've seen. But I think there's some intelligent insights emerging that are relevant for any business um, from the data that we're seeing. I think the first thing that we're seeing is that um, creative fatigue is happening a lot quicker than I've, I have seen in the past. Um, Ads that we saw were good for like six months, seven months uh, back last year are dying in like two, three weeks now. And it really just shows that the moat um, for video content is actually disappearing. It used to be, hey, if I have video content and UGC for my business, that differentiates me from my competition. No no longer. Everyone has that. Everyone's got an ability to do that. Now, it's it's kind of like the old adage of like how the first email newsletter has probably got 100% open rates. Like, you know, now that everyone's got UGC, it's just not as impactful anymore. Um, And people are more discerning about the quality of the UGC. People understand that in most cases, people are being paid. So at the end of the day, you've got to remember people are smart. Um, What this means is there's actually more of an onus on creative and storytelling, which is, you know, it's basics, but it's funny, it's back to the future. There was a time where we saw that you know you could actually hack Facebook by getting the right combination of CPMs audience targeting and you know found this sort of placement that's actually working really well and you know Facebook's giving us a great price and before that it was Google right Google you should, you were able to find certain keyword niches where it was 5 cents a click and you were just fine it didn't matter what your conversion rate was you were getting it so cheap now we're at the stage where People have seen it all, and people know what they're watching on Facebook, and they know that they're about to see six or seven ads when they scroll on their phones. So it's really important for us to be cognizant of that and show creative that's really conscious and really intentional. I'm talking about using, actually caring about what's in the first three seconds of your creative, not just saying, okay, well, we're just putting it up for the for the sake of it. You know, actually, what measuring? Okay, well, what's the conversion rate of? know previously you care about conversion rate now it's conversion rate of how many people are watching from three seconds and how many people are watching to 10 seconds where i show them the benefits beyond the original book that i've shown them you know so going really analytically focused on the creative is really what's helping us and the brands that we're seeing working in the market are taking a hypothesis driven view onto their creatives they're saying things like hey we think this will convert and we're going to spin up 50 assets of different sorts of people that you know, speak to this benefit. And if we hit just one of those, then that's an ad that can scale. But if the mentality is, hey, we're just not willing to test because we're not sure if we want to take our brand voice in that direction, then you're not going to be in a good spot. You've got to be willing to break parts of your business to understand how to grow it. Um, so you know, for me, it's been a massive revolution of creative. Um, the brands I see working are the ones that are investing in creatives. Um, and especially in the brands that we own, you know, we're seeing that if you invest 5 to 10% of your monthly sort of cost base back into creatives, that's when you're really starting to see results. Um, and it, yeah, again, as I said, it's it's all about intentionality. Like it's about having the understanding of going, I'm sending, I'm paying. Before it was, I'm paying for all this, these ads to be placed on Facebook and that's fine. Now it's, you're paying people to watch one of your videos. So, you should probably look at like, why they're watching the videos, how they're watching the videos, and that sort of thing. Um, the other thing that we're seeing emerge at the same time is because of iOS 14.5, which is the most sort of talked about subject this year, it's actually putting um, a big, big, big sort of spotlight on um, dark social. It's what are, the, what are the groups that sort of what are the different um, channels you use to make decisions, right? If um, if someone's buying baby clothes, they're not actually going to reviews. They're asking their mum, They're asking their sister. They're asking their friends. That's dark social. It doesn't exist in the web of social media most of the time. In some cases, it does. You know, in Reddit, for example, Reddit's great for gaming. You go to PC Master Race, you're going to get incredible insights about the future of computer gaming. And that's, that's just because that's where that community lives. Um, but... In many places, when you're selling your brand, you've got to understand where those conversations are actually happening. And in some cases, you're not there. So how do you inject yourself into that conversation? Or how do you tell people, hey, we want to be at that conversation? Um, In most cases, people will do that for you. You've just got to give them a little bit of an incentive. So final thing I'd say I'm seeing in the trends um, is that the brands with community, the brands that um, respond to all their ad comments. The brands that send emails for no reason, that are, like I just got an email from a great brand called Western, Western Rise and said, hey, um, logistics update, you know, for the upcoming holiday season. Now, of course, it's a marketing technique to re-engage me before they get me in holiday season with another email, but they're being really conscious of the fact that that's something I might actually care about this is a year where it's actually going to matter. <laughs> so I think community building helps you sort of have a conversation that actually returns insights and actually builds a connection with consumers that goes beyond your price. It goes beyond your branding. It actually goes to who you are as a person.
0: I think those are three equally fascinating insights and I'll briefly touch on all of them before we jump into the nitty gritty, but first of all, regarding creatives, that's something that was echoed by Jai Howitt from Brand Booster. We had him on the show recently. So for any listeners who haven't listened to that, go back and check it out. Jai speaks about the trends of video at the moment and exactly what you just suggested, Jordan, that that quality is now more important than ever because of the, the lack of trust with UGC and the short moat. Um, so definitely recommend going back to check that out. I think your your point regarding dark social is a good one as well. That to me, dark social is the modern, is the 2021 version of saying word of mouth, right? It's the same thing, it's just it's just digital. And the best way to get word of mouth is to nail the fundamentals. So that's having a good product that people want to talk about and are excited to talk about that is trustworthy and that solves the problem. So ultimately, I think, and as we've alluded to over numerous episodes, a good product does half of the marketing for you.
1: Mm-hmm, 100%. I, yeah, I, I think it's if you focus on your core message um, and you focus on what problem you're solving, you know, one of our most successful brands recently, they sell breath mints, but are they selling breath mints or are they selling confidence for a first date? Are they selling confidence for a big meeting you have coming up? Are they selling a solution to halitosis which plagues millions of people? You know, if you just think about the fundamentals of your sales message, that message can scale by itself, right? But if it's the product, no one wants to buy.
0: Absolutely, it's it's about going into the second and third degree benefits. So, if you're selling a nootropic drink, right, you don't sell the fact that it improves your focus. You sell the fact that you can become more confident in boardroom discussions that you can get that promotion that you can be more efficient and then you can spend more time with your family and so on and so forth. So it's really taking that that next step. And the last thing I just wanted to mention was that focus on community. So we had a discussion with Mark Abrams from Earth Wilder a couple of months back and he and his business have developed one of the most robust communities that I've seen in my time. And it really comes down to that interaction that love and care for every purchase and every customer and ultimately when you can foster that community then you get that ltv the lifetime value of the customer up and you maximize that loyalty as well so if if community is something that's important to your brand go back and listen to mark as well because he is full of gold there beautiful jun so let's jump into the black friday cyber monday talk what are you doing to prepare for it this year? What are you trying to focus on? What are you totally avoiding based on last year's learnings? Give me the rundown.
1: Yeah, so I mean, the first thing to remember is that um, the biggest thing that we're spending time on is offer design um, and the sales message, right? So what is the one liner that accompanies the brand? And what is the offer that goes with it? And um, for me, that is... of the equation, right? You can sell the same product, $200, 30% off, or you can sell it $200 with a free Amazon gift card worth that amount. Which one are you going to buy more? The Amazon gift card for sure, because you're getting something as a result of that. And um, this is something we've seen a lot in our split testing where you give something and you get so much more in return. It's a reciprocity principle. So we're trying to focus on a lot of offers that gives something out to someone before they have a, they've had a chance to sort of engage with the brand. Um, for me, offer design is critical, and boosting your average order value in this time is incredibly important for three or four reasons. Um, the first reason is that um, at this time, shipping is going to be a real crunch, and we've seen shipping costs rise by up to six x on some products. So you better get that average order value up so that you can actually make profit on those bundles that you're selling. The second thing is that when you've got the average order value in a better place, you can actually understand, okay, well, what is the customer's propensity to pay? You know, if in the future you you roll out a product that costs three or four times what your core offering is, people won't be scared away because you've already conditioned them to the idea that you could spend more. Third thing average order value makes a big difference for is your Facebook and Google advertising. Um, at the end of the day, CPMs are rising and they will rise again by four or five times when it comes to Black Friday. Everyone will be advertising. You don't want to be in a situation where your cost to actually get someone to your website is higher than what, what, it, what it would be in terms of profit if you converted that person. Um, and I think the final thing that's really important about average order value is it's about um, pro- product sell-through to your other lines. You know, Most of the time we work with a company that... Has got a really great one or two products that sell out of the shelves but like you've got two or three other products sitting there that aren't aren't moving so this is a great chance for your customers to get to grips with a certain different product line that you haven't had a chance to show them before Um, so you know for me offer design is everything Um, the other thing that we're focusing on is make it big and make it simple you know for us, it's you know, last year we had some things where it was like 20% off, and then you get a free gift, and this and that. It's like people don't want free gifts, you know, people want what they came to buy for at a good price. So keep it at like 40%, 50%, 60%, keep it at a number that you can afford, but make it nice and big and attractive because people at that time are price focused. So if you're trying to differentiate on brand, you've missed the boat. You were supposed to be differentiating on brand now, you know, if you want to make a great Black Friday sale on full price, then you're going to have to start now and you're going to have to show your value in different ways. But at that time of day, at that time of night, when people are shopping, it's all about price. And they're looking at so many deals that your 20% is just going to sit next to a 70% and not going to be bought. Um, I think the other thing is that, you know, emails are incredibly important and to a certain extent text, because again, people are going to be bombarded. There's going to be so many distractions like some you know, obviously we speak speaking to an Australian crowd here, but in real Thanksgiving here, like people are watching the football and people, are, you know, going out and like they're having dinner and, you know, they're meeting up with like, usually there's this thing where people go home for Thanksgiving and they'll go meet their friends after Thanksgiving dinner. So people are in a really transient state of mind. So for us to be going, Hey, here's an email that reminds you of what's happening makes it easy for them because otherwise they're just going to be bombarded with another offer and it's going to be, you know, you're just going to be lost in the shuffle, so to speak. Um, And finally, what I'd say is start now. Do your Black Friday sale now. People are like, at the end of the day, like people are ready to buy their holiday gifts. Um, We did, you know, we did some research and it's not my research, you know, someone else's research, but, you know, up to 50% of customers will buy their holiday gifts before Black Friday starts because they know they... Over the last six months, over COVID, they've they've gotten used to everyone except Amazon delivering their packages over time and not delivering the right address. And they know that that they want those presents there for Christmas. So for them, it's just not an option for them not to have those presents. Know what your customer actually cares about, which is having those presents nicely wrapped under that tree. If that's the end goal, start now and start with that. Because no one's selling Black Friday sales now. So you might as well just go to it and see what you can do. And then if you don't make enough sales, go again, you know, the point is that you can have two runs at it. Um, especially in a year like this, you know, we're getting lot, you know, Amazon sending out its daily deals emails more often than they more often than not. I'm getting so many emails from the big aggregators like um, Catch that are like, "Hey, you know, here's some holiday bundles and specials." So the the race is on, you know, the race is pretty much started. So Um, If you haven't started by now, it's really a question of why
0: not? You mentioned the idea of having gifts under the tree. And maybe that's an idea that a lot of e-commerce businesses could consider for an angle is to utilize Black Friday, Cyber Monday as the means to get those Christmas presents. So combining two of the biggest shopping days of the year. Something that, that I'm curious about is with all of these gigantic offers, the reality is that most customers who would be buying are buying based on the offer not on the product first of all do you think that, that assumption is correct i think
1: you know there's no broad-based assumption there I, I think people are definitely buying for the offer but they're still trying to fulfill a need right they know um people are too smart they're, they're not just in most cases just buying a facebook ad because it looks funny like they probably have a need for like a jacket or like a piece of piece of clothing that they need. Um, and in most cases, th- you're just another brand to them, but they're, it's almost like they've said yes to you to a first date and it's time for the brand to be like, hey, I'm going to pick you up in my nice car at the first date. I'm going to take you to a nice restaurant at the first date. So, you know, they're saying yes. It's the brand's job to have a great customer experience that builds the connection of the brand. Because I can't tell you how many brands like Earth Wilder, you buy off a Facebook ad, and then someone goes, oh my God, that brand, like they, they messaged me on Facebook. I had this problem with this thing. They sent me a replacement, no problem. Like, And that's, that, that's how they build that connection. And now that's all they want to buy because they know that person, they know how connected they are with that person and the price and other levers just don't matter. So, you know, I do think of Black Friday, Cyber Monday as this customer acquisition mode. You've got to tell yourself, Hey, unless I've got some serious capital in this business, I'm going to be losing money for the next two months of my business at the expense of, you know, profit for revenue. And then over the next six months, I'm going to use my emails. I'm going to use my own channels to get repeat purchase rate out of these people. And that's where I make profit out of all these people you will have acquired at such a discount rate
0: in Black Friday. Totally. The reason I brought up that assumption was because people who... Would have wanted to buy from you, would have bought already. This period of sales is to get in new customers who are attracted to that price point as the main differential. So my question then, which you've just touched on, but I'd love for you to elaborate a little further, is how do you then take those one-time customers who are there for the offer, who are there to save 50 bucks, and then turn them into returning customers at regular price and bring them into part of your community and your ecosystem?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great point. I think the first thing, and you have you've got to do this really quickly as a brand, is you've got to send a beautiful um, thank you note when someone buys something from you. Buyer's remorse is everywhere. You know, Um, it's just a remorse is just such a human emotion. It's like, oh, should I? I shouldn't have I said that or done this thing. Buyer's remorse is one of the biggest things that we face, and you've got to let the client know that they've um, sorry, let the customer know that they've made a really good decision going with you and uh, you know for the the end of the day this is how they're going to be rewarded for making their decision here's all the you know here's all your channels if there's any customer support issues here's here's the founder's email you can email him or her directly here's the here's the you know email here's the facebook group you can join that so having a really beautiful thank you note will really um dig personal you know right now uh, until that point, you, you're sort of in the situation where someone's engaged with a Facebook ad, then a random Shopify note, share a Shopify page, and they click checkout just like everyone else's checkout looks like. So at this point, they have no idea who you are. You know, they've only been on channels they recognize. As soon as they get a nice thank you email, it's like, okay, cool. Now I'm working with that person. You're off Facebook now, and you're on to that person. The second thing is that the number one thing you can do is offer a next order discount. Why not? You know, you've already spent like $55 or something to acquire a customer into your database. Why not just give them an extra $5 to spend on your brand? And what we've shown um, with our analytics and our research is that oftentimes people are ready to buy a second time very close to that first purchase. So get them going on a next order discount. Show them your collection. Show them how else your product can work. Finally, what I'd say is that you would ask the customer, what do you think of the brand two to three weeks after? Hey, the brand, it's been delivered two to three weeks after. What do you think? Send us an email back. Get someone to man that. That's the best insight your, um, your brand will ever get about what your brand is, what, what your product's actually doing on the ground. You need the insights from people that are so upset. But once you jump on the phone with them, they're like, actually, I wasn't that upset. I just needed to get that information out. Because that's raw intelligence about how people feel when they go through your customer experience. I think for me, you know, that's a three-stage process whereby you can actually forge a connection and then you can do what you want. Once you've got that connection with, this, with the person, the person doesn't mind getting emailed 10 times a year about specials. They don't mind discounts, all these sorts of things. Even though they spam, they don't mind the spam because they know where it's coming from. The point is people just send emails without respecting the sanctity of an inbox everyone hates their inbox and everyone hates an unread message so make it so that that message is actually intentional and that person wants to receive it
0: i love that i think that's a brilliant three-stage process and it's very actionable for for people looking to make the most of their holiday shopping season coming up cool june so before we jump into the rapid fire questions and wrap up this episode are there any final thoughts that you have that are just wanting to get out any message that you want to give to the e-commerce owners out there in the lead up to the holidays?
1: Yeah. I mean, the main thing is just have fun with it. Like, as we say, and keep it simple. Um, you know, we saw so many different email flows being set up and weekly plans and promotions and tiers and this and that VIP. I mean, all the power to you if that works for your business. That's great. Um, but uh, in most cases, just invest the time in finding what your lowest possible margin is that you can meet. Slap that at like a 35, 45% mark, something that's like nice and big and appealing. Just let it run and have a good Thanksgiving. Genuinely, you know, I, it's not a time to be overthinking things because, as you said, people are buying on price triggers, not just um, on brand.
0: That's great. Cool. So let's jump into the rapid fire questions and then we'll uh, bring the chat to a close. These aren't necessarily about Black Friday, just a couple of things I'm curious about. So ready to go? Yeah, of course. What's your number one productivity or efficiency hack?
1: It's got to be exercise. The days where you exercise versus the days that you don't, night and day. It's not about the amount of work you can get done. It's about the quality and the clarity of your thinking in the hours that you are working. Um, And what we do is a fundamentally creative art form. Um, I'm not saying everyone needs to exercise. Trust me, I'm carrying a few pounds I shouldn't need to. (laughs) What I'm saying is that getting active, getting outside, getting some sun and some fresh air and a change of scenery sometimes, doesn't have to be like a sweat, just allows your brain to focus on something else. So, that you can actually think through the whole extent of the problem and maybe see some things that you weren't seeing before.
0: 100%. Couldn't agree with that more. Let's change this. What is your most underrated but highly valued marketing or research tool?
1: It's got to be Facebook Ads Library. You know, anytime I find a brand that I like, I'm like, how did it get here? How do I like this brand? Why do I like this brand? You know, these are the questions I, Maybe not everyone asks these questions, but I I do. And I like to look back on the ads and go, like, you know, I was looking at this really cool brand called IMI. they do this ramen um, that's plant-based, high protein. It's like born and it's from a guy that's born and raised in LA. The, the website was just so beautiful. And I was just like, I need to understand how they're getting people to this website. So i tried to like look at their Google ads and their Facebook ads. And then I saw a little bit of that. Um, and that it, it was just really clearly obvious why that website was converting because they were they were selling the problem in the ads and then they were giving the solution on the website. It was just like a slam dunk as to why you should buy that product. Um, so I mean, I'd I'd highly recommend Ads Library. There's a website called UnicornAds.com that actually collates some great brands. To be honest, they're good, but like it, for me, it's so it's a collection of you know. Um, looking at just being really conscious of you as a consumer, why are you making those choices and backtracing that to the Facebook ads or the media that converted you? Why did that work on? Mm.
0: Yeah, Facebook's a popular one. We've had that answer a couple of times before, but no one specifically said ad library. So I, I certainly value that. We've had Later for scheduling posts. We've had Big Spy for research, Charm.io for seeing what kind of brands are trending, the creative Adobe Creative Suite for video editing. Try Now is another one for Shopify. Yeah. yeah. Also Gem Pages for Shopify page building. So those are a few of the, the favorites we've had over the journey so far. What's the best book you've ever read?
1: Best book I've ever read. Yeah. I I mean, I wish I could say it was a marketing book, but it was just a general book. Um, it's, it's called Lessons of History and it's by Will and Ariel Durant. Um And they're these two historians from South America. They're just... They' just they've got this beautiful like, tall. they're the classic southerners um, long story short it's a it's a um, seventeen or eighteen essays about the different ways that um, different concepts have defined humanity over time, so morality, religion you know race these how do these things actually move over when you look at humanity over a you know ten thousand year stretch what how how are these concepts evolved um, and I think for me what it taught me was that it's very cyclical, some of these things. Um, It really gave me an understanding that, hey, a lot of the things we're seeing today aren't that different from what we're seeing back in the day, you know? I'm sure when TV advertising first came out, it was very exciting. And there was like hacks there. And there was all this technology that people didn't understand. And there was all these agencies and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure before that, newspaper advertising, there was all these hacks. But like, What is the heart of what made each channel work? And what is the next channel that will work? That's the most important thing for us. You know, we're constantly looking for what's next, not what's happening right now. Facebook and Instagram, to a certain extent, TikTok are working now. But what's going to be that platform that's going to revolutionize the future? What's going to be that one that's going to help us really move the needle in the future? This book reminded me that you can't be fixated on what you have right now you have to be focused on understanding and you know, trying to understand what the future can hold because it is possible to, to somewhat tell the future just by listening and learning about what the trends are.
0: I love that. And I'm putting you on the spot here. If, if you were a betting man and you were to put all of your eggs in one basket and say that the next tool is X, what is going to be the next Instagram or TikTok or Facebook?
1: I think the future of social media is decentralised. It's very decentralised. Um, you know, this is going to be an unpopular one, but um, there's a there's a platform called BitCloud um, and I think it's called DeSo now, Socialized Social. Um, and, you know, I think people can have different perspectives on social media, but the reality is I think these platforms have a lot more power than they should. Um, and I think the future is in a more decentralised atmosphere where... Um, the algorithms aren't run by an ivory tower where we don't know. People just just don't trust that anymore, and I think we'll see the usership of centralized platforms die off. So it's going to be the more decentralized platforms like Telegram. It's going to be the more decentralized platforms like Signal that are you know dataless, that are permissionless, that have a lot more um, a, a lot more personal freedom in that. So you know BitClap. It might not be the solution, but I think there's a decentralized app of some variety coming in the future that will be an order of magnitude better than Facebook, Google, Twitter, Instagram, whatever else, uh, purely because it isn't built in some central data repository somewhere. And when that moment happens where people can share ideas and know that it's still theirs, not Facebook's, that'll be a game changer. Um, so that's, you know, that's where I'm thinking the future will
0: go. That's cool. It's certainly a great new perspective to think about things. I think I'll have to bring you on for another episode where we pick your brain about the future of marketing. So we'll pencil something in the calendar after the call. But yeah, I think that, uh, that brings us to the end of the show. If anyone wants to get in contact with you, ask about BitClout or Telegram or Black Friday, Cyber Monday, how can they do so?
1: Yeah follow me on LinkedIn. I am still active on that platform. I love LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the best way to connect to me, or you can send me an email at arjun at megaphone marketing.io. That is our handle. So yeah, get
0: in touch. Fantastic. And just before we wrap things up to all of our listeners out there, I want to say thank you to all of you for listening. Once again, if you are Tuning into the show on Apple Podcasts. We'd love if you could please leave us a review. It helps more people find the show and improve their businesses as a result. So that'll do us for today. Jun, thank you so much for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure. And I'm looking forward to next time we chat.
1: Such a pleasure. Thanks, Evan.
0: Thanks for tuning into the Mega Minds Podcast. To stay up to date with the latest e commerce trends, scaling hacks, and marketing techniques, Join us on our Facebook community, Megaminds. If you're looking to scale your own e-commerce business, we at Megaphone would love to help. Get in touch for a free strategy session.